Welcome back, guys. Strong back, soft front. It's Emily Anger in the house, as always. And as you might hear in my voice, I feel like I'm on speed today. So I'm going to bring the temperature up a little bit. I'm going to bring the speed and the intensity up a little bit. And I'm just going to word poo all over you. <laughs> and I am sorry about that description. But um, why am I being so hyper? I there is probably a lot of things that uh, can be the reason for this. Um, I do, for the listener, think that I might have a slight, um, a slight flare of ADD, actually. Uh, and when I say I might want to go and do an investigation for it, a lot of people... I don't. I haven't spoken to a lot of people, so now everyone that listens know my my potential intention of going to see if I have ADD. And when I say this to people, they seem to think that I'm trying to figure out what is wrong with me. But in fact, I'm just trying to make sense out of myself. And I don't think that's trying to figure out what is wrong. It's trying to make sense with why does my brain work the way that it does. It jumps all over the place. It's quick to uh, be disrupted. Uh, can't necessarily focus on one thing at a time. I always have to jump between tasks. Uh, really hard time finishing things. And I've recognized it. And now I'm doing everything that I can to put things in place to help me finish things that I really want to finish because I believe that I have something really valuable to give out to the world, give out to my clients and just express myself with. And part of this podcast is that. So I'm glad that so far I'm here every week and I'm recording something and I'll hand it out to you every week on a Wednesday, 7 a.m. my time in Central European time. Uh, but anyway, I am digressing. As you can see, this mind is all over the place. Um, what I wanted to talk about today uh, is something that I've been playing around with in terms of just how I've been thinking about things. And bear with me, because I might be jumping all over the place. Uh, but I think that what I'm about to talk about is really interesting. Uh, and I'll pull from my own experiences, because that's what I will do best to pull from my own experience and how I've come to the conclusions that I have. And again, just making sure that you realize that I'm talking about what might be working for myself in trying to figure out the complexity of my brain and what's working and what's not working. Um, but anyway, so what I've been feeling lately is a very big massive procrastination in getting things done, which is like that's how I that's how I will measure procrastination in terms of having projects that I know I want to finish that I feel really strongly about yet I am unable to make sure that I go all the way through with it so in my mind that is procrastination okay there are probably many forms of procrastination but just bear with that thought for a moment uh, but what I've recognized it as which I think you can really maybe feel like you can relate to again my words actually even even my words today are hard to find so I'll probably say the wrong words or I'll be quiet for a moment while I'm searching for them and I don't know if it's because today I switch more easily into Swedish in my brain usually I speak 
Swedish in Sweden and English obviously everywhere else, but I speak mostly English because of work, okay? Uh, most of my clientele is not from Sweden. And obviously, as you know, I podcast and it's in English. So there's a lot of English around me. Uh, so I usually actually struggle the other way around, but sometimes it goes the opposite. So I'll, I'll actually struggle to find the words in English. But anyway, as I said, I digress. Um, I've been feeling this massive wave of procrastination, or it's been more uh, judgment against my own performance. Um, and obviously, whenever we are judging and we're judging ourselves, there's usually a negative emotion behind it. It's like you could do better. But then the question is, you could do better than what? Or you can do better than who else? Um, and I don't have the answer for where I'm comparing it to, but it's probably a mix of, of the two. Um, but what this I realize has come down to, and this is what I say you can probably relate to, it's the horrible thing that creeps up on you, which you don't re even recognize what it is until you become aware of that it's present. And it's really the thing that will go in and it will bite away, eat away on everything in your life because it's a silent killer. Um, you don't notice it until it's there's damage. Uh, it's like those moths uh, in the clothes cupboard and they, they just start with having one little hole in one little woolly jersey or jumper and all of a sudden you see it everywhere there's like holes in all of your clothes and you have to you know sanitize and put them in the freezer and then probably buy new clothes um and what this little moth is that will eat up everything it is your need for perfectionism um and i've recognized my own perfectionism so many times in my life and it and you think that you hit it in the bud and you think that you got it under control and then it comes back and it will manifest because what it really means, the whole thing about perfectionism, it is your need to control things that you might not have control over. So in terms of me creating this website, the procrastination is because there is a need for it to be perfect so that I can feel like I am in control over my own significance. And same thing, if, if I'm judging um, my dating life and the person I'm dating I'm first of all judging him compared to who else or him compared to what standard. Um, but ultimately what I'm doing is I'm looking for something to judge based on my need to feel in control. And maybe that's part of my old daddy issues uh, of wanting to feel significant, my fear of abandonment. Maybe all of these things comes forward uh, in that judgment. But it's a real issue because I am trying to control things which I'm painting a picture of that is usually so much worse than 
the reality of it. Uh, and so my procrastination has then manifested in my fear of being judged by other people based on the results that I put out or the projects that I put out or whether or not I'm going to do well with what I am about to put out to the world. Um, so that's part of it. You know, the whole thing about trying to fit into a, a world which you create a vision for, which you base your judgment of because you perceive what other people might think of it. Not what they will, but what they might think of it. Um, and then also the fear of what if it doesn't work? I think that comes back to probably a lot of people. So I'm better off procrastinating on the things that I want to do because the fact is that if I do them, there is a chance that they won't work. And that thing will hurt because I, and I'm talking again about myself because I put my heart and soul into these things, into everything that I do. And if it doesn't work, it will in my head, make me think that I am insignificant. And that shit is scary. So I recognized it. Um, and I think to solve this pro problem, first of all, it always comes back to, there might be a lack of clarity in, the, in, in what you're actually working towards. You're not very clear with why you're working towards what you're working. So in a dieting frame of mind, if you're not clear of what you're working towards when you're getting onto a new diet, you will not last because your mind is already clouded. You cannot proceed with difficult tasks for long enough to see them through to find fulfillment in the suffering whilst undergoing change, because change means suffering in one way or another, because there are breakthroughs that needs to happen. There are learnings that need to have. We need to fail and we need to fail forward. So there is a level of pain associated with growth because it's by nature how we learn. We, as young, young babies and learning how to walk, we fall and we fall and we fall and we fall some more, yet we still try. So we were falling forward. And even though every fall might seem like the same fall as we did last time, it is not the same fall. Because every time you fall, your brain will recognize that tiny thing that you need to change. And it's making new connections all the time. And then one day we'll stand up and then we fall. And then one day we'll stand up and we take one step forward, two step forward, so we fall. And we keep doing so until we made enough connections about what's working and what is not working. But we've never lost the focus on what the path ahead of us looks like. The clarity is that I am supposed to be walking and I don't know how to walk just yet, but I know I'm supposed to be walking. And therefore, I need to continue to stand up and do it until I don't even think. I remember how I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so part of it is that. And what that means is that we need to have discipline. And I, I genuinely think 
and I there's going to be maybe a few camps on this, but I feel that discipline is one of the most beautiful virtues that one can practice. And it isn't about restriction. Uh, it's more about restraints. It's more about understanding that there will be a process in which I need to do things which will lead me to the life that I want. So if, again, if it's in business terms, there is processes that needs to be happening on a daily basis. And they could be anything from learning to actioning, to planning, to executing, to delegating. There are processes that needs to happen in order for us to move forward uh, in a business sense. And then there are rules but rules we can only really break and be successful breaking when we understand the rules to start with. So when we bring this back to diet, if you think that you can just be as flexible as you want, you're not necessarily getting the maximum benefits out of jumping on a diet. And uh, by the way, I do not mean jumping on a ridiculously restrictive fad diet where you're restricting your calories to, I don't know, 500 a day and where you only drink green stuff or you're excluding an entire food source from your vocabulary. That's not what I'm meaning. But there is real benefit in having less options. Let's call it that. Not restrictions but less options. How we name things matters. Uh, because, and I'll bring this into my own experience. So for the last five and a half weeks, almost six weeks, I've been on a SIBO diet. And SIBO, I might have said it in the past, but it stands for small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Basically, there is a overgrowth of some bacterias in my gut that we don't want to be overpopulated, let's call it that way. And we also found out that there were parasites uh, overpopulating. We all have bacteria, we all have parasites, but we're talking mainly now in the sense of overpopulation of kind. So I've been on this SIBO diet and it is really restrictive by nature. Um, shortly, I say it again, if I haven't said it before, it's pretty much meat, veg, and some fat sources, not even all the veg. And it's also li limiting amounts of veg um, and pretty much no carbs. Um, and there was no fruit initially. And I felt really shit. The first couple of weeks were really, really tough. But I'll tell you now that I am six weeks in, I feel so fantastic. And the fact is that this diet was so simply laid out for me that it has been, even though it was hard at time to follow and it requires a bit of planning because you can't just not walk out of the house and think that, oh, it's going to be fine. I'll just grab something when I get hungry. It doesn't work that way. So planning is key. But what it has done by having these limited options 
it had made it very easy to stick to. So it was easy to apply discipline because the rules were clear. And I hope that makes sense. So this brings it back to uh, the whole thing about clarity. Because if we lack clarity, our actions are going to be really hard to make sense of because there are way too many options. So sometimes restrictions are a good thing. But ultimately, where we want to go to here is instead of feeling that we are restricted, now we're understanding that we're putting restraints on ourselves. Because ultimately, I have recognized that eating the way that I do now, I'm eating fruit now, by the way, not all the fruits, but some fruits, mainly bananas, because they're so delicious. Um, and I eat larger quantities of some vegetables, but I have eaten a little bit of rice, but even rice, I recognize doesn't really make me feel great. So I'm sitting here considering that in the long term, what now will open up, whereas the restrictions are will eventually cease, where it's like you are now done, you, I've retested, my gut is healed, my dysbiosis is gone. And at that point, I can go two ways. One, I go back to what I was doing because I, because I didn't pay attention. I wasn't in tune with how I felt. I was because oftentimes I was uncomfortable. Or what I've recognized now is that, my God, do I feel great. Honestly, I... I don't have the bloat that I used to have. I don't have brain fog. I sleep really well. My skin is pretty clear. Um, my, my digestion is at a whole different level. And so the question is, do I, with all of these options, just go, well, because there are options, I'm just going to go with it. Or will I learn to live with more restraints? And the answer for me is, there will definitely be more restraints because I recognize that all of these options that are available to me, and bear in mind, they're still available to me. I do not have to do this diet. I have chosen to do this diet. Now that changes the game because with that choice comes empowerment. So even though there will be options available to me because I technically lift the constraints once we have known that what I'm doing right now has worked. I will choose my own options. And that means that maybe sometimes I will have cake because why not? But that will be my option. That would be my exception of the rule, we can call it. Um, so there are things that we can control and there are things that we cannot control, tying it back to uh, perfectionism, tying it into how it actually means that we're trying to control things. Perfectionism is a deadly, deadly wasp eating away on all of your clothes in the wardrobe because ultimately we are doing things to what we believe is a greater standard when in fact there are no real rules for what a standard is, only the rules we put on ourselves. Uh, and the fact is that if we don't do something, we can never even realize the potential because we are too scared of failing 
and to feel insignificant and unworthy that we rather remain at a subpar potential because the fear of the unknown, the fear of the rejection, the fear of what if it doesn't work and I'm not good enough, that overconsumes us. But that's the thing. Those feelings are real to you, but it doesn't make them real in reality. So changing the meaning will change the story. And when we have a different story about what everything means, it's so much easier to take a little bit of action. And I think when we find that we link what we're doing to a higher purpose. And I, I do, I have thought about this the other day when I was out for a walk and you know, when you hit flow state and things just start happening and your brain starts to make connections. And so that happened the other day when I was out for a walk and it was amazing. And then I recognized it. And usually what I have done in the past is just to let those thoughts disappear. But what I do now is that I, I send a text message to myself to remind myself of the thought that I've had, because there are so many great thoughts I think you have that I have that are just flailing and we don't dissect them at all. So I managed to put this one down. And when we're talking about purpose, it's like we're now talking about something that it has no longer really anything to do with ourselves. It's just a means to moving forward. And it has a greater good than just for myself. So, you know, if we set a goal for ourselves, it's really awesome to be specific. This is what I want. This is what I want to experience. This is how I'm going to measure it. These are the specifics around it. At this point, I will have achieved that. Uh, and that will remind me to do this and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? But how often do you sit down and say, but what is the purpose of my goal? And why I bring this up, actually, when this was my thought, because when we say, what is the purpose, all of a sudden, we're actually bringing the attention away from ourselves, which helps our ego stay out of the picture. And that is because our prefrontal cortex will be less active. So there is real scientific reasons for why this is happening. But here's the thing, as long as we are staying in the, in the space of our own self, uh, in the company of our ego all the time, which is where we mostly live inside our own, what's good for me? Why do I want this? Why do I want this? Um, but if I can go outside of that and go, but what is the purpose of that? And what else will it do for myself? But what else will it do for the people around me? What else will it do for the world? Then all of a sudden, we are shutting down the ego and self-criticism that is actually the killer of action and probably the, the real catalyst to perfectionism. Well, it is because perfectionism is criticism. Uh, but if we can bring it out to a purpose, we are more likely to shut down the perfectionist mind that we all have in one way or another 
uh, and actually to start to take action. Um, so these have been my thoughts the last week and I wanted to share them with you. And I hope that you've made sense of it because it does jump quite a bit for me. So just to reiterate what I believe is awesome is to understand that we can restrict ourselves temporarily for the greater good uh, as long as we can see the purpose in doing what we're doing there we can have endless of restrictions because there is purpose behind it uh, and when we have purpose there is a lot we have a lot more ease to apply discipline and we will actually find that we start to look at the options that we have as more positive they are not something that we just have to choose all of a sudden it's like but i get to choose this and again as i've said many many times how we say things how we frame things the picture that we create associated to the experience changes the experience so if you want to be happier we have to have more happy pictures in our mind when we are expressing what we're experiencing which means that the words that we actually explain things about or using to express and explain things they have to be positive they cannot be in a negative way because it's how you express the experiencing the experience that you're feeling um, so with this i'm going to sign out and uh, get back to being disciplined and shutting down the perfectionist mind and just taking action. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this, I hope that you take a lot away from it and share it with a friend. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Emily Anger, although I'm getting less and less active there. I might pick it up again. Um, but this is it. I appreciate you. I hope that you have a good day, evening, night, morning, whenever you listen to this. And I'll speak to you again next week.